Well, hello everybody and welcome on The Barricades. This is a political show produced by Eastern European journalists and academics and I am Maria Cernat, your host. And with me as usual, we have Bojan Stanislavski, a Bulgarian-born Polish journalist. Thank you for being here with us. Hi, hi. Thanks. Good to be here. So, as the tension grows in Ukraine and the military uh, invasion continues, uh, we are seeing unprecedented levels of propaganda and we are seeing unprecedented levels of repression. And uh, I am here with you to analyze with uh, Boyan some of the most intriguing tendencies that I've been uh, witnessing during the past weeks in the Romanian arena and also internationally. I will just point out some of these tendencies. I am not here to judge. I will just present what I find to be extremely problematic and especially from the from a leftist perspective, because I have expectations from feminists and I have higher expectations from leftists because they should, or at least they claim that they are politically educated. And this is why I think it's important to keep the standards high if you uh, assume that you are politically educated. And while we see all this pretense and we see all this dance around human rights, peace and whatever, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, there are some tendencies, especially in the Romanian society, that I find quite problematic. As for right-wingers, I also have some things to say uh, regarding what is uh, going on and how we use toxic masculinity and uh, some sort of projections to uh, justify horrible military uh, military um, actions on the part of Russia. Now, um, I spoke to Boyan um, earlier, so I want to ask the first question and then I will say what do I mean by the right-wingers in Romania supporting Putin? <laughs> that is very interesting. But the first thing that I want to ask is, do you have in Poland right-wingers supporting Putin right now? Honestly, I'm not exactly sure. Because uh, since the beginning of this uh, war, I've uh, consciously taken a decision to detach myself from the Polish uh, from the Polish public arena. And the reason for that is uh, that I wasn't able to cope with the amount of hysteria, for the lack of a better word, psychosis, which developed in the Polish society. And I want to say that to some extent, it's understandable because it's, you know, it's Russia, Poland, Ukraine, you know, and, and all those historical wounds suddenly started bleeding again. Many historical traumas that that the Polish society uh, never had the courage to actually work on. So, you know, in a situation like that, uh, it, it just explodes to levels that I'm personally not being able to cope with morally, aesthetically, philosophically, politically, in any respect. Uh, so 
uh, I I can tell you this. I am aware of certain right-wing circles uh, that have certain, you know, certain position in Polish politics, a fringe one, mostly, for the most part, uh, that that have publicly, occasionally though, but publicly adored, you know, or, or publicly expressed words of admiration uh, of uh, the president of Russia. Now, whether this is something that identifies them, in a sense that whether this is something fundamental for their political profile, I wouldn't say so. I'm not, you know, I, I've never sat down with those people uh, so that they, so to give them a chance to explain to me what, what, uh, how important that particular factor uh, is or for for their, uh, in you know, in the framework of their political views. But I don't think it's anything uh, particularly fundamental in the sense that had it, you know, had the figure of the Russian president been different, I'm sure they would find some other person that they could fall in love with uh, or, or could express could express admiration for every once in a while. So uh, that's that's all I can say for sure, okay? I mean, for sure in a sense that, you know, it's based on my observations. Now, when it comes to the current situation, which means after the breakout of the war, uh, and this is my speculation, I really, I don't watch Polish media, I don't read them, I absolutely, you know, I, I've blown up my Facebook account, I you know, I have to wait. Everybody has to wait until this wave of unprecedented, uh, you know, emotional upheaval, okay, hysterical emotional upheaval uh, kind of dissolves a little bit. And then, you know, we start talking again, maybe. I'm not sure, though. Uh, so, you know, I would say that most likely those right-wingers who were more prominent, were their feet was probably, uh, you know, held, uh, I mean, fire was held to their feet, and I think that majority of them uh, probably had to condemn, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin, despite the fact that they actually might, for example, like him, or even in this particular moment, or even might perhaps support uh, this uh, military invasion. I don't know; it's 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 a guess, but in the public sphere, the amount of Putin supporters those that dare to express it has for sure uh, decreased. And the speculation is that it, it must have decreased drastically. But I, I will be able to check on that only uh, in, in, in a few weeks' time, not any earlier than that, for sure. Well, in Romania, there is a very interesting situation because in the midst of all this craziness related to the war, what we are seeing are right-wingers coming from our party mainly that are somehow glorifying um, the kind of leader Vladimir Putin is. Let me explain. They do not go around saying that he is great, but they admire his alleged real manhood, his authoritarianism, and they like his type of leader. Now, you made a very important observation that basically your right-wingers are not attached to Vladimir Putin for what differentiates him 
as a leader from other authoritarian leaders. They like their authoritarianism. And this is quite extraordinary because uh, they are not, not the only one. I would like to point out to a research I conducted a few years back. And in that research, I asked students in the um, uh, MA program in security studies whether they think Vladimir Putin is a true patriot. And they said yes. Um, whether they think that he defends uh, bravely the interests of Russia, and they said, for the most part, of course, they said, yes, of course. And the third uh, uh, part of the research, and the, the, the th third question was, or not the question, but the theme of the research was related to the following thing. I asked them, do you think Romania uh, would be in a better position with a leader like Vladimir Putin? And they agreed. <laughs> so they basically like not his persona because they are very much afraid of him, but they like this type of leader. And this has to do a lot with the type of toxic, that what we call in feminism, that toxic masculinity, that it's based on authoritarianism, brutal violence, um, intolerance to dissenting voices, uh, and also this constant fear. This is very interesting. Why are we talking now uh, about real, the real man? Who's the real man here? And why is it that some right-wingers in Romania will be prone to say that Vladimir Putin is the real man? Because unfortunately, manhood is not something you have by definition. It's something that you constantly have to prove and to defend. You are not a man, let me tell you. You have to defend this idea because there are real men, authentic men, and fake ones. And it is a constant, now patriarchy puts a constant pressure on men to prove what should be obvious and that they are men, you know. What does it mean? That they are able to rise up you know, to what the stereotypes and what the society asks for um, from them. And to be a real man, it means what? To impose your, um, your will through violent means, to not tolerate dissent, to be uh, prone to, to beat up anyone that would oppose you and all the rest. Now, what is interesting is that, and I told you, I find this very problematic, that unfortunately, unfortunately, the kind of love and hate relation that the Romanian right has with Vladimir Putin, and I'm referring here to Aur, is very problematic because they mimic him. And it is a hate because they hate him because they want to dominate him, but at the same time, they want to mimic him and they want to emulate him. They want to be like him, but in Romania, you know, to be some sort of local version of Vladimir Putin, authoritarian, strong-willed, uh, having a very big and powerful army and all the rest. So what they want is to be local versions of Vladimir Putin. And I find this to be, um, if it weren't so tragic, it would have been very, uh, how should I say, laughable. Because 
how are you opposing this leader if you want to be like him only on a different scale only in Romania you want to be the Romanian version of Vladimir Putin right that is authoritarian powerful this idea of power uh, is you know so present in the political imaginary in Romania and this idea that um, basically the European society's biggest flaw is that it became weak and feminized. It became weak because it allowed women to rule, it allowed women to vote, it allowed women to, um, to step out of the traditional gender roles and look where we're at. Uh, it is a very interesting meme saying females uh, that are now um, uh, <clears throat> that are now and currently holding on positions in the Ministry of Defense in certain countries, also in Germany and other countries, and they are showing as the opposition being the Russian Ministry uh, of defense saying that you see here that you have the real man and now you see here all these broads that are so weak and he could take them down just like that. So the political imaginary is very interesting and how the right-wingers are basically trying to oppose by imitating Vladimir Putin. And I find this to be highly problematic. And also, also, what I find problematic is the contest. You know, there is a real contest right now on who's the real man. I told you the right-wingers, even though some of them maybe are not yet willing to admit that Vladimir Putin is the real man because he's the bully here, the biggest bully, the biggest alpha male. And the others are saying, of course, that Zelensky is the real man. And you saw, and we discussed this new cult of Zelensky going online. And I find it to be even more problematic because whereas the cult of Vladimir Putin is supported by some right-wingers that unfortunately uh, tend to be not on the fringes of the political uh, landscape in Romania, but are present in the parliamentary uh, political power uh, party that uh, now has uh, 20% in the vote intention, according to the latest polls. Uh, so whereas you have the cult of Vladimir Putin expressed here in this political party, I find this very problematic that the cult of Zelensky as the last real man is supported even by liberal elites and by those who consider themselves progressives. But the same mechanism applies, you know, you need the hero, the hero of the story, and the hero has to be a powerful uh, man that will defend uh, Europe. And you saw how this uh, went into the media and how crazy it was. And to my biggest disappointment, I saw that even feminists engaged in this kind of, uh, you know, lionizing, um, Zelensky for all the wrong reasons, presenting pictures with him that as the media and those fact checkers on uh, showed were not from 
the war. He went a couple of months ago to visit the army and he was dressed in military equipment and he had all that military gear uh, and they took pictures of him and now they use those pictures to present him in this very heroic light. And I would say that I'm disappointed because at least the leftists should know better and especially the feminists should know better than to oppose Vladimir Putin and to find what? Another Putin, you know, uh, a Romanian version, a Ukrainian version. Um, and uh, this is why I wanted to share with the viewers my concerns that we are not able to see beyond the current propaganda uh, and... Um, we rely to the same old rhetoric um, of the hero that has to be the last real man defending us. And uh, I find this highly, highly problematic. I don't know what you think about it, but for me, as an observer, I, I mean, even if you were, you haven't heard anything, let us assume you haven't heard anything about the world, just to see all these media myths playing out and capturing the imagination of the public and promoting such questionable uh, uh, characters uh, in the role of the, the heroes, I find this to be highly, highly problematic. And um, I also uh, read something uh, very interesting, and I tend to agree with that person that wrote this. I think this analysis, what I presented here, is the real critical thinking. and. Uh, of course, you reach out to these conclusions after you read a lot and after you you are trained, <laughs> you know. Critical thinking is not just uh, making uh, correct syllogisms, but also engaging in this type of deconstruction of the media myths. And I think it's uh, probably unfair to ask for everybody to have this type of training, but at the same time, um, I think it's wise to, to look beyond what is being sold to us because what is being sold to us right now is a story with real men. I mean, the one that we hate, Vladimir Putin, and the one that we love, Zelensky. And I find this to be also very, very problematic. And also a very naive, simple and uh, dangerous to some point way of packaging a very complex situation into a narrative, into a media narrative that is, um, I would say, uh, problematic to say the least because it presents so simple solutions to, to problems. But you saw the memes that are being circulated online are uh, all about this. Now, also, another problem that has to do uh, with the right-wingers. Well, the leftists should know better than to engage, and especially, I don't want to give unsolicited advice, but especially the feminists should refrain from taking sides here. Because just think about it. Maybe it's just me, but for me, Putin or Zelensky, I mean, for me as a woman... And they would not give me rights. They would not give me credit. 
why why do you uh, do you have to pick sides here you have to be very naive to think that you have um, something to gain if you pick sides and you transform one of them into a hero now i don't know i spoke a lot <laughs> maybe it's time to leave you to right you said many things uh which i i feel deserve uh a comment i probably won't be able to comment on all of them uh i don't even remember all of the points that you actually made but uh those uh at the end um of your presentation here you, or you know you use many times the word that this is problematic that is problematic and obviously when because there's I war, want to be nice you know i don't yeah. i want people to think about it because uh Right, you know, so, if you tell them this is plain stupid, <laughs> mm -hmm. you may seem very dogmatic, but uh, I just well, want yeah. to think about, because in the current hysteria, you know, telling people and giving them straight solutions uh, would probably deter them from... Well, the, from first thinking. of all, I'm not sure whether there are any clear solutions right now. I mean... Uh, the situation, as you said many times, I mean, it's extremely complex and... Uh, there are some, of course, concepts put forward, mostly by the right wing, by the way, uh, regarding uh, you know solving this puzzle uh, that uh, that was created and and that now uh, acquired this military dimension, and and we've got war. But you know, I when I when I said that you repeated the word problematic many times, I actually want to say that I understand that because there is. Everything is problematic when there's war. I mean, in, in, in war, there are almost no good decisions. I mean, no decisions that are, uh, that are not bad to some extent, to some big extent, basically. So, uh, of course, I understand that. I would say that, you know, uh, when it comes to the general situation of war, then the aesthetical choices that are made by some feminist circles, which I believe in Eastern Europe, throughout Eastern Europe, are... Hello, you are preparing to say something, but I see that your internet connection is not very good. Maybe you are not preparing to say something good about feminism. So <laughs> uh, this is the way uh, internet is getting back at you. Let us hope uh, this is not uh, what you meant, that some uh, feminist circles' uh, opinions are not valuable, because from my perspective, they, they are. Uh, and it is important to to focus on our discussion on them because they are some of the most uh, um, interesting people that uh, we encounter and some of the most valuable people in our audience. So, Boyan, are you still with there? So, I don't think so. Okay, so we'll wait a few more minutes to see if Boyan comes back. If not, I encourage you to think a lot of the things that I said here, because falling in love with politicians, no matter how appealing they might, be, might seem at some point, and no matter how appealing the press is presenting those politicians, is not a very wise choice. 
Um, and also this simplistic media narrative that we are being sold these days, I find it to be very, very problematic. Uh, and also I would like you to consider this idea that uh, opposing Putin in a way and opposing him by imitating him at the same time, just wanting to get back at him while uh, imitating some of the worst tendencies that he displays is not a very good idea. On And on that note, uh, I encourage you all to go to our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash the barricade and support independent journalism in Eastern Europe.